All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the this the second episode of the Kingsmith Podcast with me, Zach Ooh. King, and and some weirdo Nathan Smith. Come on, Nathan. We're both weirdos. Yeah, I know. So, Nathan, what what have we got today on the podcast? Absolutely, Jack. Nothing. I have a question, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? What is your favorite book of the Bible? Oh, favorite book of the Bible. Mm. You can't say the Bible because that's... Yeah, I know, that's cheating. Um, well, one of my favorite passages is in Job. Uh-huh. Um, I also like Philippians. Right. And I'm a sucker for Revelation, just like all of other Christians are. Um, yeah. I can't say just one. I, I think I, I'd have to stick with the top three. Yeah. Um, Job, Philippians, Revelation. Exodus is one of my favorites, you know? Mm. Especially the... It's all plaguey. Yeah. Especially the power God's put on, God puts on display. Yeah. And in the plagues, then again, I think we agree that Job is a pretty pretty dope book. Job's pretty great, especially the last couple chapters. Yeah, the last couple chapters where God's like, hey. Hey, stupid. Hey, stupid. You're being stupid. Stop being stupid. And. Yep. I mean, I can't say any of the Gospels because, you know, that's just a given. You know? No, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hosea is up there too, you know. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good one. Hosea is, yeah. Well, the interesting with a thing with Hosea was that God told him what was gonna happen. Right. Like, but the the book itself was less about Hosea and his wife, and more about. Uh, the relationship between God and man. And, yeah, God and uh, man. God and Israel, really, at that yeah, point God in time. Israel. That, that's yeah. the interesting thing about it. Um, and, of course, you know I love to, to rag on Jonah, God's saltiest oh, prophet. Man. That man. <laughs> Imagine seeing God work and then completely ignoring it. Right. <laughs> well... I mean, he wanted that place to burn after they turned to Christ. Right. I guess turned to God. They didn't know who Christ was at that point. Not at that point, but they turned. They repented. Is the that's the the gist of it? Yeah. I just I oh. Freaking Jonah. That's that's why that's why God is so mad at him. At the end there, when he says, "You're mad at a, you're mad because a plant died and." And yet you expect me to kill all these people and animals. And You're feeling pretty blue. The rest of that song is copyrighted. We can't sing it. <laughs> but yes, God is a God of second chances. And third chances. And, don't, don't, and fourth. You know, seven times, 70 times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the point there was not literally seven times 70 because that's 140. Right. right? Wait, no, that's wrong. 49, 490. Yeah, 490, yeah. Wait, hold up. No, no, my math is all... I'm bad with multiplication, okay? Uh, oh, it is 49. Okay, I was right. 490. Give um, us a minute, folks. We are experiencing <laughs> some technical difficulties. We are Bible people, not math people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know in the first episode we said uh, we we both like sports. Uh, and we talked slightly. Slightly. And we both talked about football <laughs> uh, a whole lot during the episode. And Yes, we did, Mr. USFL. Mr. USFL? Mm hmm. Well, okay, Nathan, the XFL has started up under the ownership of one uh, very rocky person. Wait, XFL? I don't think it started yet. Has it? I, we're not very smart people. We're not very smart people. We're we're kind of stoop, 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 stoop. Uh, oh, why did I load Safari? Nobody uses Safari. Yep, it's week two. Oh my gosh, I'm just massive stupid today. Oh, uh, okay. Please I know. bear. It's different than any normal day. Please bear with us, folks. Uh. We yeah, are, me with the dial-up music that's going on in my brain right now. We we are selective stupid. We uh, we aren't stupid all the time, but when selective. we are, okay, it's twenty-four-seven, bro. What you talking about? Well, it's not twenty-four-seven. <laughs> You're not being stupid when you sleep. You don't know that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Welcome to the podcast where two dudes just talk because we're bored. Yeah. Um, we're coming to you on a Sunday afternoon at about 2.15. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, what did we talk about this morning, though? Oh, what did we talk about this morning, Nathan? We talked about spiritual gifts. And where do you stand on that today? that Nathan where do I stand with it not with anybody because everybody's wrong um <laughs> that's what we all say right um no I uh I stand with what the word says um definitely yeah. moderately cessationist um the only reason why I don't buy into the full on cessationist stuff is because um, it's because that's almost like saying that God doesn't and can't use certain gifts, which I'm not. I can't go ahead and say that, um, especially with the sign gifts. Look, I get it. It's not used as much, if at all, compared to what it was. Um, 2,000 years ago. But to say that God won't use something or won't do something... That it's gone. I, uh, uh, I can't. I can't buy that. So, I I can't buy into that. I'd say I'm, I agree with you mostly, you know. Um, I can't buy into God... Just completely ignoring tools that he has, you know? Yeah. Um, now, does he use them as dramatically as he did, you know, in the time of the Gospels, in the times of the Old Testament? Like, no. 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 Because I, I, when was the last time you went and saw a sea parted? Like they did in Exodus, like it did in Exodus. Right. When's the last time you saw 
people in front of you getting healed. Right. And, like, especially here in America, where we are in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and in a large portion of the West, and, like, all around the world, yeah. there we have, in terms of healing, because you just mentioned it, mm-hmm. we have modern technology that is miles ahead miles ahead of where they were 2,000 years ago. Oh, by far and away, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because they didn't have machines that could literally keep comatose people alive. Yeah. They didn't have machines that could restart someone's heart whenever. Whenever you wanted them to. Yeah. There's been a number of advances just in who we are as people. The Lord allowed us to have those advances. Therefore, it makes some things kind of redundant. Right. But also, God's the ultimate healer. He is the ultimate, um, well, he just is. Uh, he just is the ultimate. <laughs> um, yeah. But if he wants somebody to be healed, they're going to get healed. Yeah. Whether by means of miracle or by means of, and, and miracles can be performed through medicine too. Don't right. get me wrong. Uh, but the venue that he uses for it, doesn't matter. It's going to happen if he wills it to happen. Yeah. So. Um, um, the only one I would say that I would be like a strong cessationist on is the gift of tongues. Or a bit stronger, I should say. Not. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that God is not miraculously giving people the ability to speak in another language like he did the day of Pentecost in Acts, in Acts 2. But or Acts 8 or 10 or 11. Or just anywhere in Acts. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but does that mean pe- people don't have a natural affinity for learning language? That well, and I, I look at that too and it could be that you know, gifts exist for spreading the gospel and for the right. edification of the body. Right. So, when it's no long, when something is no longer edifiable for the body or doesn't spread the gospel, then it's probably not going to get used because at that point you're being a stumbling block. Right. So that's where the technicality comes in. But I think the bigger thing that really sparks the debate is the charismatic movement. Yeah. And there are people in the charismatic movement who are brothers and sisters. Oh, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. A lot of them are. Um, A lot of them are mistaken, but they're there. They're they're mistaken, (laughs) yes. They're there. But they're there. Um, But um, I think it's First Corinthians fourteen, where Paul mm-hmm. says, "Hey, speaking in tongues, you have to." Well, I, I've got it here. Um, that, that's give us a moment while we both. First uh, Corinthians fourteen, I think twenty something. You never guess, dude. I opened my Bible, and the first book I opened to was Jonah. My guy. 
He obviously didn't read this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. First uh, Corinthians 14, uh, verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret. But if there's no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So, and there's further on a theme of two or three. Well, really, throughout the Bible, there's a theme of two or three. Where there are two witnesses. Um, if you look in verse 28, if not 28, if the 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. There's definitely a precedent for it. Precedent and instruction for tongues and prophecy and all of that. What do you think about that, Zach? What do I think about what? Give me a moment. Precedent. Precedent. Biblical precedent. I think I think we should follow the biblical precedent. Mm-hmm. You know? So... But do a lot of churches who claim to use tongues do that? No. Nope. The, the, these people who speak in tongues are... Everybody's... They're yelling in gibberish. Oh, it's bad. Or as I like to call it, speaking toddler. Pretty much. The only one who's going to understand you is a two-year-old. Pretty and much. Even then, they might say, you just insulted my mother. The heck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's gibberish. It's toddler speak before they learn any language. Yeah. Um, yeah. What First Corinthians 14 points out is just by having an interpreter there, yeah. it means it is an established language. Yeah, it's got to, somebody's got to understand. Somebody's got to be there to understand and interpret. And if there is, it's got to be a language. But also, you have to look at the definition of language. So, language is anything that can be interpreted and explained, okay? There's language and and uh, you know computer code. Um, I heard once that DNA is a sort of a language. It is and, a language. Yeah. And it can be interpreted. It can be understood and read. Yeah. Even if somebody is making up a language on the spot, um, if which I've known several people like make yeah, up who have tried, yeah, who have tried. But even if language is just coming out and. For whatever reason, it just is. If it's interpretable, by definition, it's a language. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, the gift, you know, gifts can change. Gifts can come and go. God wills gifts as he pleases. Maybe the gift of tongues has changed into a gift of translation. Gift of translation, gift. A or gift of... Abilities. Yeah, and the ability to learn a language easier. I know at least two or three people who learn have learned four or five languages by the time they're eighteen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's and can definitely speak them all thing. fluently. Yeah, yeah. You it's know. pretty incredible what what God enables people to do. 
But you go to the healing stuff too, like faith healing and all of that. Like the point of the gifts wasn't so that you could go around and make money off right. of people. The point of the gifts was to both edify the body and to share the gospel. But if you're not doing that, then you're you're either misusing gifts or you're just not using gifts at all. And you're making something up, which I'm sorry, Benny Hinn. I'm sorry, uh, IHOP, uh, IHOP Church. That ain't right. You're not healing anybody. You probably know it too, but I don't know, man. All right. And then there's the other sh offshoot of the prosperity gospel. Oh, don't even get me started. Which I know both of us could go on forever, but we'll try to keep it controlled for the listeners out there. Yeah, I won't talk about Joel Osteen too much. Oh, my gosh. That dude is an idiot. Um, no, he's not. No, 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 no. He, he's he's not, not an idiot. He's smart because he's... He's smart. He just talks he's, like an idiot. He's, he's, he's business smart. He's not Christian smart. He's business smart. He knows how to make money off of people. Uh, and I think verse 29 saying that two or three prophets speaks kind of speaks to this is he's like mm. he's like standing but guys like Joel Osteen are standing there like if if you give us money God will bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and all that junk that is not how that works it's no they just want to get rich I know several of them have private jets they, they fly around on several of them have uh, Kenneth Copeland bought a jet from Tyler Perry yeah and then he said he had to buy it. I was like, what? No. Ken Copeland. Have you seen the Kenneth Copeland soundboard? I have. It's hilarious. It is maybe the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, you showed me that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you guys have got to hear this. It's oh, freaking man. hilarious. I, dude, I, I can't even with this guy. Oh. It's on 101soundboards.com. Yeah, let me turn up the volume here. I mean, literally, you just go to it, and then I found it on Google. You can just click on stuff. I execute judgment on you, Satan! I mean, seriously, this is... Of the prophet of God, the prince of peace takes his place. I mean, seriously, this is just... It sounds... It sounds, uh... I messed us up. Like that. It kind of... <laughs> yeah. And while... At, and, turn, and again, we're not saying that God cannot use prophecy. No. Um, you pointed out something interesting today about, you know, preaching is also a sort of prophecy, right? Yeah, preaching and teaching is a part of prophecy by technicality. By technicality, right. But... When I refer to prophecy, I always think of the, you know, of, you know, the the but the prophets who speak doom mm -hmm. on Israel in the Old Testament and, of course, yeah. Revelation. And I don't think anybody is going to have that kind of prophecy. No. Just kind of. And, oh, my oh, God. the prophet of God. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Um, no, Kenneth. There's this one video. I'm keeping this online. Yeah. There's this one video um, out there of Joe Olstein's wife, whatever her name is. I think oh, it's like Olivia or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
so we'll just call her Mrs. Olstein to yeah and she's saying God just wants you to be happy God doesn't care what you do on, on, if it makes you happy and then it cuts to Bill Cosby saying that is the dumbest crap I've ever heard ah uh. Oh, man. What did she say a few years back? She said, you don't do things for God. You do this for yourself. Um, I know, right? I'm trying to find it. It's... Oh, here it is. We probably shouldn't play it on the podcast. Oh, oh yeah, I guess it is a little... Well, wait, hold on. Let me get the captions up. Oh, I think this is it. I think this is the super clip. Uh-huh. Um. We're doing it for ourselves because God takes pleasure when we're happy. That's the thing that gives Him the greatest joy. This oh my morning. gosh! So, you didn't know this morning. I can't listen to this crap anymore. I can't do it. I I I can't stomach it. I uh. You know what? You know what? You destroy. That's what I say to that. <laughs> Victoria Olstein, that's her. That's yeah, that was Victoria. I can't listen. I can't listen to any of that. You, like, uh, does God want us to be happy? He don't care. Okay, no, he does care. But he does care. But I would say yes, he wants us to be happy. But not in the way she's talking about. Yeah, she doesn't want us to be just like, oh, hey, we're... This is the problem with... I don't want to say the problem with American culture. Maybe Western civilization. But... (sighs) How do I even word it, Zach? That's the problem with people today. I mean, imagine going to a third world country and preaching what prosperity gospel preaches to them. I mean, I mean, seriously, it's give me money, give me money, give me money, and God will make you better. God will give you finances. God will give you wealth. The only thing that they're doing is stealing from the poor. I mean, seriously, that's the only thing that they're doing. Or would be doing. And even in America, the people who are in the poverty rate give to these organizations thinking their life is going to turn around, and then it doesn't. And it makes... Makes them... Makes their life kind of worse because they're giving their money to these people. And Well, and how do you think that's a representation of God? No. It's not. My... My mind goes to... Romans 6, 1 and 2. Oh, yes. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May Meganite. it never May it never be. Meganite. That's a, that's a how, supernova. How Greek. shall we who died to sin still live in it? Listen, y'all. If God truly wanted us to be happy, he wouldn't have provided the opportunity for us to get saved. Whoa. Think about it, because what's... I am thinking about it. What's our original nature, Nathan? Oh, sin nature. 
What we're born with is what you're asking? Yeah, what we're born with. What's, oh, yeah, we got sin nature all the way. Birth nature. So, what would make us happy? Sinning. So, in that way... Wow! God... Wow, that's a good point. God would never have sent Jesus... Oh, man! God would never have promised a Redeemer... Once we had Genesis three, God wow. would never have sent uh, promised the Redeemer wow. if He just wanted us to be happy, because He knew He would have known that if if our happiness is what mattered above all else, to dude, He would have been okay. You I'm blew going, my brain with that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna be if God truly just wanted us to be happy. Oh. As soon as we ate, as soon as Adam and Eve ate of the of the fruit. Of the tree of knowledge yeah. of good and evil in Genesis three, God would have said, "Okay, I'm gonna leave you." My goodness, dude, that that was incredible. And that's one of the best points I've ever heard anyone make. And that, let me make another thing here: mm-hmm. if He did send the Redeemer, if Jesus did come, Jesus would have not been preaching the coming kingdom. He right. would have said, hey, I'm just here to free you of the punishment. Right. Oh, man. that That's an incredible point, dude. And guess what? Oh, man. Um, I am not strictly a Calvinist, you know. I'm probably three points, depending on what side of the bed I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Total depravity, yes. Gotta be, yeah. Uh, uh, perseverance of the saints, yes. Yes. Those two are unquestionable. It's the other three I have a problem it's with. It's the stuff in the middle. Limited atonement. The, uh, You're putting a limit on God. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you are actively yeah, yeah. saying... Hey, limited atonement. I call you done! <laughs> there you go. Stop it. Um, <laughs> irresistible grace. This is this is where I'm gonna get into a bit of. I think, like, yes, irresistible grace and um, the the other one. Uh, T U L I P. Um, total depravity. Uh, the U always gets me. The U always gets me. Um, Limited atonement. On. I know I never remember it. Unconditional election. Unconditional election. Uh, limited atonement, and then irresistible grace, and then the perseverance so, of the saints. Unlimited. No. Unlimited election. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. Uh, unconditional election. Unconditional election, and irresistible grace. Um, do I believe that God knew who chose who who would choose to? To be saved. Yeah. He foreknew them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that those who ultimately don't choose to be saved can't can't be saved? No. 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 Because John three sixteen for God so loved the world, not it for God so loved uh, the elect. Yeah, that's that's a pretty key difference. Yeah. Um. 
you got to read the rest of John too, because yeah. it gives it gives you way more context. Um, I think John Calvin makes a lot of good points. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he was mistaken in some spots. Um, I think he's gonna be in heaven though. Do I? Yeah. Do I think that like once you hear the Bible message, or if God wants you saved, you'll get saved. Oh yeah. Yeah. You. If everything's. Everything is Christ-ordained. Right. So that's where things get a little screwy. But um, it's these three, like, limited atonement we've already just tossed out the window. But yeah, it, limited uh, atonement, no way. Unconditional election and uh, irresistible grace. That is the interaction, or the intersection, I should say, mm-hmm. of... God's sovereignty yep. and man's free will. Yeah. Dude, you are hitting it today. That, that is the intersection between those two things. Bruh, you are so, smacking it out of the park. I I believe that, yes, if God wants you saved, mm-hmm. honestly, there's really nothing you can do but delay the inevitable. Yeah. However... You can still choose to reject God. Oh, yeah. People do, actively. Anyone who's an atheist rejects God, chooses the choice to reject God. Anyone in the future who takes the mark of the beast has chosen to reject God. Right. And even some people who are... Look at Judas. Yeah. Even some people who are part of the elect, you know, Mm. right now are choosing to reject God. If you think about it. You mean like people who are, ooh, that brings up an interesting topic. So what do you think about Christians? People who are saved and then a few years down the road say, never mind. Do you think they were ever saved? Or are they still saved? They're just living in disobedience. One, uh, my first thought is, of course, uh, my first question actually is, yes, are they truly saved? If they're, if they're leaving a disobedient lifestyle, are they saved? And um, Here's the thing. Who, which of us lives an obedient lifestyle to Christ? None. There you go. Um, and here's, the th- here's another thing. Just because this, is, this goes to perseverance of the saints. Yeah. The la- yeah. last part yeah. of the tulip. Yeah. Um, if, they are, if they were truly saved, like truly made, the yep. pra- truly said the prayer, truly meant the prayer, truly yep. made that commitment. Yep. And yes, folks, it is a commitment. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. Because uh, several Bible writers, like several New Testament writers, like Paul, calls the church the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. But so if yes, if they are saved, there is nothing on this earth. There is nothing in Satan's power that he can do to remove... No, there's nothing he can do. ...you from from, from God's grasp, from Jesus' grasp. No, there ain't nothing that he can do. That being said, but, yeah. the question is, were they truly saved? That is... That's a pretty big question. A lot of people have that, have that question. And a camp counselor of mine one year said he had his doubts that he was saved. Ooh. And so he, he 
he, he told me he constantly said like re, redid the perch it, he, every like few months at some a point in his life mm-hmm. he said he kept, said he he's like every few months I say the prayer again just be like God forgive me of my sins uh, save me you know the, the, right you know I assurance of salvation is something that people need to realize that they have yeah. If, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're saved, and there's nothing that um, well, okay. there's nothing anyone can do to no. take you out of that. I, I wouldn't say declaring that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Because the demons know that Jesus is Lord. Uh, I see what you're saying. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. If you actually believe it. Yeah. As a human, I, I mean, it's different for angels and demons because yeah. the angels and demons made their choice. They had, they saw God. Right. They they should have known better. The demons should have known better. I think that's why they got sent to hell. Right. It's because they were in the presence of God. So he, not saying that we necessarily weren't. However, we deserve hell. We oh, we deserve hell. Right. Somebody asked. This is a few years back. Somebody asked. R.C. Sproul. How is the question worded? Um, this is how the question was worded. If God was so gracious and so merciful, how come the punishment on Adam and Eve was so severe? To quote R.C. Sproul, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. That was his. What is wrong with you people? That is Archie Sproul's first response. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely the correct response to have. My f- first response would be like, "Why wasn't it more severe? Uh, why didn't we go straight to the pit as soon right. as we even touched the apple?" Well, Adam and Eve. Side note: I'm probably gonna side eye them as I come into heaven because <laughs> at least Adam, because he <sighs> kind of messed this whole thing up. Yeah, I mean... Just side-eye him, don't say anything. Just be like, you know what you did. Yeah, there's a little bit more forgiveness than that. I mean, we've all messed up. Oh, yeah, and I'm not saying that... I I think we all would have made the same mistake. Yeah, I'm not saying that if I wasn't in Adam's um, proverbial shoes, because they weren't wearing clothes at the time. I mean, seriously, God could have come down there as soon as they took a bite, as soon as... Eve took a bite, or Adam, either of the two, it don't matter. He could have come down and said, <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Here's the question. Thank you, Kenneth Copeland. Was it the eating of the fruit that was the sin, or was it the choice to eat the fruit that it was, was the, the choice? Sin? It's absolutely the choice. So when we choose to sin, we've already sinned. Yes. When we choose to sin, when we have it on our mind set to sin, we've already sinned. It's like um, when Jesus uh, told the uh, Pharisees that when you look at a woman with lust, the you know, okay, yes, committing the actual sin of adultery is adultery, but even looking at a woman with that desire, you've already made the choice. The only thing that's holding you back is the physical action. Therefore, since you've made that decision, you've already sinned. Right. And we see David, King David. Yeah, he made the same choice. He made that choice. 
And he went yeah. through with it. And he went through with it. And yeah. he, he made a lot of mistakes with that whole series of yeah. events. Yeah. And, okay. Nathan the Prophet. That not dude. Not, not Nathan Smith. Nathan the Prophet. Standing in the office. <laughs> Nathan the Prophet from, uh, I, think that was, I think that was uh, Second Samuel. Uh, yeah, it is Second Samuel, yeah. Yeah, it's Second Samuel. Nathan the Prophet had uh, uh, massive amounts of courage, I'll say. Yeah, he did. He went and confronted them to his face. See, and he was smart about it, too. He's like, hey, king, let me tell you a story. Told him a story. Hey, and David was like, David got all up in arms. Man. David got all up in arms about the sheep that was, uh, the one, the one lamb that was slain. Mm-hmm. And, and was here's like, his response. I execute judgment on you, Satan! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, guess what? Na- guess what Nathan did? Nathan pulled, pulled, uh, pulled, did, uh, tricked him a little bit. Love He's it. like, Nathan, Nathan was there in the king's, you know, throne room. He's like, hey, king, hey, king David, guess what? That guy mm-hmm. who stole the lamb is you. It's you, buddy. And it wrecked David. Oh, it wrecked David. Because he knew he messed up. Yep. And he even mentions that in the Psalms. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing. Ahithophel, Ahithophel is the true tragedy. Ahithophel? Mm-hmm. Remind me of that real quick. It's the story of Ahithophel, he, and I think it's also in Second Samuel, uh, but Ahithophel was uh, David's, basically David's chief um, advisor. Mm-hmm. He stood by his side for years, and then all of a sudden, he, it's like he got wrote out of the book. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why is if you look at the genealogy of Bathsheba, Bathsheba was actually Ahithophel's granddaughter. Really? Yeah. So not only was this a sin against God and a sin against uh, Uriah. Who he sinned against again by... By conspi- killing him. By conspiring to commit murder by way of... Abusing fr- his power. Abu- abuse of power and frontline warfare. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He completely... David abused his power and then uh, not only was the sin against Uriah and God, it was also sin against Ahithophel because Ahithophel was the grandfather of... Uh, uh, of... Bathsheba. And that's why you see, uh, I think it's the treachery of Absalom. Mm-hmm. Guess who was Absalom's chief advisor 10 years after everything went down? Ahithophel. Ahithophel. And Absalom did some damage, don't get me wrong. Absalom did some damage, but then Ahithophel uh, was so bitter at David that he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. He committed suicide because of his bitterness. Plot twist, that's what bitterness can do. Yeah. Yo. Nathan, you mentioned the Pharisees, and Jesus had an interesting relationship with the Pharisees now, didn't he? <laughs> uh-huh. I choose the word interesting. Interesting is the right word. Yes.
like again yeah I think again going back to this morning a passage you used uh, John I think it was the one in John the you people need miracles uh, John 4 John 4 yeah John 4 48 Um. Yeah, John four forty eight says. So Jesus says to him, uh, "This is the uh, the royal guard that came to, or the royal official that came to Jesus asking to heal his kid." Jesus says to him, "Unless you people see the signs and wonders, you simply will not believe." And then later on, the son is healed. Right. Yeah, man. It's true. I mean... Yeah. And he basically did the same thing to the Pharisees. Said the same thing to the Pharisees. He's just like... Yeah. Jesus had some great one-liners with the Pharisees. Oh, he did. He called them a brood of vipers. (laughs) Hey, let me ask, though. Are we any better? No. Most days... But... I mean, give me one day that we haven't sinned. Right. But Nathan, to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, I know. The scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They should know better. The Herodians, which were... Heretics. Heretics, yeah. They, again, Jesus called them not only a brood of vipers, but a fancy cup with, you know... Uh, a fancy cup with that was empty, right? And an empty, a whitewashed tomb. Do whitewashed tombs? Pretty sure that's a quote from Lecrae. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a great song, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Wait. Jesus was calling the Pharisee the. The religious leadership out. In oh, that he day. was. Um, you know, last year Nathan, if you remember, I think it was like August or early September. Sure. And 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 youth group, we talked about Jesus's choosing of the twelve. Oh yes, we did. I believe you. I think you actually gave that one. Yeah, Jesus's choosing of his initial twelve disciples. Mm-hmm. And of course the the two spares. The two spares, yeah. We 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 don't talk about Matthias that much because because the Bible doesn't talk about him. The Bible doesn't really bring up Matthias much. It just says they casted lots and then landed on Matthias, so they made him part of it. Yep. So Matthias is here. Yep, Matthias which, just kind of shows up and then just kind of disappears. Which which is, is not fine. It's fine. Yeah. Obviously, God had plans for him and God used him and. Oh yeah. Those way in the ways God he wanted to to one hundred percent, you know. Um, but the other thirteen are interesting. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? What? Only one of them was the religious leader. Yeah. Yeah. Only one of them was a religious. One of them was a religious leader. Um. One, like. Four of them were, were fishermen. Yeah. The the sons of the yeah. sons of thunder and of- Peter and his brother James. Jan- it's not James. Peter and his brother. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll remember it later. <laughs> Peter, uh, Andrew. I was going to say, Andrew was the... Andrew was Peter's brother. I was brother. trying to remember, too. We don't hear much about Andrew. We don't hear we much don't about Andrew. We hardly hear anything about Philip or nothing, except well, for, like, the one time God demolished him. Jesus demolished <laughs> the, the, disciple, the disciples on a regular basis, though. One, okay, Peter needed it. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we got four fishermen, Peter and Andrew, and the yeah. Sons of Thunder. Yeah. Um, a zealot. Yeah, Sim- we have a zealot. In Simon there. was a zealot. That would kind of make some awkwardness. Uh, especially with a, ta- a tax yeah, collector. They, did, they didn't like each other, man. They probably didn't like each other. Um, hmm. Tells you something about what God has to say on bitterness, huh? Right. A zealot, Uh-oh. a tax collector, and let's see. That's six, right? Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And the others weren't very educated. So, Saul of Tarshish, mm-hmm. who through the qualification process became Paul of Tarshish. Yeah, he barely made it. Be- he barely made it through. The only one. All right, but yeah. That's cool, dude. That that's just a little bit about the relationship Jesus had with the the, the Pharisees, which was yeah. uh, not good. No, well, not good on their side. Mm-hmm. We were great on God's angle. Um, All right, we need to wrap up. Um, we gotta head out here pretty soon. Yeah, we got. We got people coming over. We got youth group things tonight. So, hey, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of King Smith. We hope to see you whenever the next time we see you is. And uh, yeah, peace. Deuces.